Offering bundled products is quite simply one of the most important things you could do when running an online store. Bundles are so effective that it's one of the few things that's on every single product page on Amazon. Why? Because it works! The easiest way to add powerful and flexible bundle options to your store is the Bold Bundles app. It's become my favorite bundle app. I recently learned it's one of the few on Shopify that doesn't duplicate products or variants and doesn't rely on coupon codes either, so it doesn't mess up your inventory. Every store has a different idea of how they want to offer bundles. Bold Bundles can handle them all. It can do traditional group bundles, BOGO bundles, even no discount, you may also like bundles. The coolest thing though, at least according to me, is the combo product. Bold lets you create a virtual product that represents the bundle, so you can edit the product just like any other in your store, but when a customer adds it to the cart, Bold Bundles adds all the products in the bundle at whatever discount you set. It's seamless. So if you want to add bundles to your Shopify store and increase your average order value in the process, I highly recommend the Bold Bundles app. And as a listener of the unofficial Shopify podcast, Bold is offering it to you free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com bold, and you can install it from there to get your exclusive offer. kurtelster.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores, like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search. Hey, does your wife know you're gay? <laughs> Julie! <laughs> Don't call her again. Julie! <laughs> Paul had a question for you. Do you know Kurt's gay? <laughs> All right, tell him the story. <laughs> All right, we're done with you. Good, okay. good farewell. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe he was talking to me. That's true. I do enjoy musicals. Yeah. And like... What's your favorite musical? Feelings. Guys and Dolls. Oh, okay. Uh, and I also love Bells Are Ringing. And, uh, but you're also really into sports. I, yeah, but gay dudes can be into sports. That's true. I think the problem is... But is straight the, dudes cannot be into musicals. Yes, that's true. Okay. Uh, I have feelings. Yeah, and, straight guys don't have those. And I'm not sexually attracted to men. So, oh, well, that's... That's, that's the main chink in the armor there. Well, I think it's more about masculinity. <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, last week I kicked a guy out of our Facebook group who was being a real dickhole to people. <laughs> he was, like, uh, posting a lot of dumbass shit. You know, you have a whole thing that you make people agree to when they join the group. But it boils down to, literally, the first rule is don't be a dingus. Well, the rule is, if Paul and Kurt, Paul or Kurt think you're an asshole, you're banned. That's it. <laughs> and It's just, like, be nice. That's all I want. I've been involved in moderating online spaces for, like, 20 years now, and... That's really the only way to do it. It's either, it's like you have to rule with an iron fist and be like, get out. Well, and there's you can actually there's a theory I subscribe to called squeaky stare theory. 
And you can look it up on Wikipedia, Squeaky Stair Theory. And if you've got, oftentimes you'll have someone in a social group who is a difficult pain, and everyone in the group just learns to work around it. They learn to step over the squeaky stair. Rather than confront it, deal with it, fix it. Yeah. So once I learned that, as soon as, like, in our community, if we have you know, any kind of problem, if it's clear, you're, just, you're out. That's the end of it. If it violates the rules. And if it's minor, like, all right, we'll warn you, or, like, Paul and I will be watching. And so this gentleman was on watch. <laughs> well, and I was just, I privately was like, oh, this guy's an asshole. I could talk to him about it, or I could just kick him out. But anyway, hey, Paul to... kicks him out, and then what happens? <laughs> and so then he tries to rejoin the group. I thought I blocked him, but he didn't. And he left this diatribe <laughs> against us where he's just like, he called us like pussy woke liberals. Literally, and that's like, a quote, which yeah. is a badge of honor. It, Thank it's you. apparently fucking cancel culture bullshit that we're just like, I don't want... You were in my private group. Yeah, like, get toxic out. people get out. Uh, so, but he, he wrapped that up with, does your wife know you're gay? And but I'm that like, was just, that's hilarious. That's like, you're, we're, we're 12 again. That's real good. This is an adult man. <laughs> it was an adult man. Hey. Anyway, be nice to people on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, if we don't like you, we're kicking you out. FYI. <laughs> don't this, ki- this rarely <laughs> if happens. If you don't like that rule, leave. <laughs> it's rarely, rarely been an issue. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> uh... So, the what was I gonna say? Oh, so did you? Do you like my arcade cabinet? Uh, the arcade cabinet is good. I'm fine with it. I don't like that four by three games are being projected in sixteen by nine. I'm sure that's a, that's the Dreamcast emulator. They don't all do that. Okay, and I'm sure there's a config for it. Okay, that's good. And I, it's just like. You know, we've invented better ways to play games than standing up at an arcade cabinet. I got bar stools coming. <laughs> Like, I think if you get, like, a like a Switch or, you know, a, a handheld thing that has all of those games emulated on it, that's the way that's to go. That's not the same. This is an experience. I have a, I have a Nintendo DS, a DS Lite that I, I think it's, I think it's a DS Lite that I uh, rooted and installed a ton of emulators on, and that's the only way to go. Also, there's too many things. Like, you got, like, Atari 7800 games on there. I wanted like, all the on. games. Like, oh, yeah, all you, of them. You're playing a lot of Atari 7800. Now, that's not classic Atari. That's Atari attempting to compete with Nintendo with NES. Okay, no, I don't. Yeah, you don't. I put a link in the show notes to this meme cabinet. I bought it off Etsy. It's so cool. <laughs> that's, we just consciously decided that this year's vacation budget will be reallocated to uh, stupid purchases. And that's how somebody ended up with an arcade cabinet and a Tesla. Uh, my Maltese Falcon came, speaking of stupid purchases, and it's sick. <laughs> I believe I'll need a link to that yeah, as well. Yeah, I forgot to... For your screen accurate. I forgot to take a photo of it. Maltese and Falcon. The, he's also He also sells a, a perfect Rocketeer helmet. Oh, and I'm like, oh, I want that I love too. Rocketeer. Rocketeer's so good. You know, as a kid, I didn't like it. I rewatched it this year. I really enjoyed it. I rewatched it like two weeks ago on Disney+, Plus, and I was like, I love this movie. Uh, so anyway, this is a podcast about e-commerce, <laughs> I'm told, and we are going to discuss today. Wait, hold on. I'm doing this intro wrong. You're listening to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, and on today's episode, we're going to discuss preparing for Q4, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So in the Facebook group, uh, fairly often I'll ask, I'll do a, a call for questions, and I'll say, hey, you know what questions, what's on your mind, let me know. And so I did this, and a lot of the, naturally, a lot of the questions, there was an undercurrent of, like, getting ready for Black Friday. And so that's the theme that we have gone with loosely today. 
Yeah, and I mean, by the time people hear this, it will be September. So they're oh, yeah. not. Uh, it's not a crazy question to ask. No, it's right around the corner. Like a hundred percent, you need to be thinking about it now, and especially this year, where I'm not sure if you watch the news, but things are weird. Things are a little weird. Is stuff? Ha- I don't know. It's been pretty calm for me. <laughs> uh, is there anything going on? Uh, you, you know what? Just don't don't check the news. You'll be better off. I've for just it. been in. I've just been hanging out in my basement, watching streaming stuff. And and there's playing no, like, VR. There's no like commercials or news on that, so I thought that everything was just cool. Uh, yeah, no, not so hot. But someone had asked a question that I, I hear a lot, and I've heard it for years. Anyway, you all have names. I'm sorry. It was my fault. I copied down all of the questions, and uh, I forgot to copy your names down. All right. So a, a wonderful individual asks, have you ever considered building your own store? If yes, what would you sell? If not, why? That's scary to me because I've never um, been involved in like the manufacturing of anything before. And like, I've heard all the horror stories and all like the stuff you got to do in order to get something manufactured. And like so much manufacturing is taking place in China now. So you got to worry about like importing and like all this other stuff. Uh, This uh, question was asked by Martin uh, Pulsovich. Uh, I hope I'm saying it right. Uh, Who asked this one. And so, and we do sell digital goods and I love our selling of digital goods because it's so easy. Because like we manufacture it ourselves. It can be copied infinitely and every marginal purchase after the first one, the profit margin is 100%. It's 99%. It's 99% or whatever. That's the glory of info products. Yeah, so I'm kind of like, yeah, digital goods is the way to go, man. Like manufacturing something, why would I do that? Well, and doing like print-on-demand gives you access to, um, gives you a, a similar advantage. But, you know, minus the insane profit margin. You're not making, do it print-on-demand, you're not making much money. It yeah. requires tremendous scale. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so the answer is, yeah, I've absolutely considered uh, building our own store. We've like almost built our own store a few times. We have sold uh, info products in the past. We uh, Late last year or at the beginning of this year, we finally retired our, our e-commerce boot camp. That was very popular. Um, but I just I didn't feel comfortable selling anymore because I'm like, I want to go back and update it. And you know, we had a video series and... We'll bring our holiday email guide back that I update it for every year. That mm-hmm. one, you know, we sell as an info product. So I view that as, as e-commerce. Um, but if I were to do an e-commerce store, like the issue is I have spent 10 years building a successful lifestyle business now that successfully supports my lifestyle, right? So I don't have like, you know, I don't necessarily have that, the hunger and drive that it takes to build an e-commerce store from scratch and build a brand from scratch. It's really, really difficult. So were I to take on a, you know, an, uh, an e-commerce store, you know, like build it myself kind of thing, it would have to be in partnership with someone and like someone I have, I've worked with and have faith in. Like uh, if uh, Drew Sanaki, he's been on the show, CEO of Auto Anything. Uh, hey, Drew, if you're listening. If he was like, you know, if he said, hey, Kurt, you want to, you know, we're going to build this new brand and, you know, we're going to man it. We've got the customer support team and you're going to be the e-com manager and you get, you know, part ownership of it. Okay, that then I would... I would say yeah. yes. If like someone like that approached it in that manner. Yeah. The main thing we want is we want someone who is smart at the stuff we're not smart at. Yeah. Like we acknowledge that there's stuff we're not smart at. And so I've never developed a physical good. I've yeah. never developed a product. I don't know inventory. I don't know fulfillment. So yeah. I mean, Those are critical skills. Yeah. Just, just being like, well, I'm just going to start an online store. Cause like we're good at setting up online stores. It's like, okay, well, but the, the, all the stuff that comes before the online store, we don't know anything about that. It's I true. Mean, it's like, a, you know, we have a, a client, Joe Begain, who's like, and Joe's a great guy, 
But I mean, he's got his finger in a lot of pies. He's like, he runs Chicago brick oven, which sells these really cool brick pizza ovens you can put in your backyard. Now he's got a cabinet making business that he started. Now he's a got a pet food business, a pet food business. Now he's got this different business that we're, that he's spinning up. That's an offshoot of the cabinet business that we're working with him on. And it's like, I could never do that. Like how, why I got, I got one thing. It's working really well for me. I'm just going to keep working on that one thing. <laughs> yeah. I like the focus. I do. <laughs> and we used to have like all these little side projects about two years ago. I sold them all. Yeah. And I at no point have regretted it. No, no. So I like having, because we are successful in what we do and we're so invested in it, you know, I really, I want the focus to remain there. Um, But I wouldn't just blanket say no to like the right opportunity, but it would have to involve, you know, someone who could make up for the things we lack. Now, if you're like, well, I don't know any of that stuff and I'm starting an e-commerce store, there is a huge advantage to not knowing what you don't know. Like when we started this business 11 years ago, it was to build an e-commerce platform. Had I known how difficult that would be, I never would have done it, right? And of course, we don't own an e-commerce platform now. It didn't work, but we pivoted and it worked out. Um, so I had kind of a long-winded answer to that. Um, and and, and that, that little part makes me think of last week's episode with Quentin and his soap business. And like Quentin and his wife, they didn't know anything either. Like they coached themselves up. They literally said, I don't know. They, like she said, I don't know how to make soap, but I want to learn. And he said, I don't know digital marketing, but I want to learn. Yeah. And then they did it. And now it, you know, it's this tremendously successful seven figure business. I mean, yeah, that if you haven't listened to last week's episode with, with a, a, Quentin Lewis, Urban Eden, well, Quentin episode. Lewis at Urban Eden, it was just a top tier episode. Like those guys are absolutely killing it. It's just a great, great story. I will put it in the, it is full of value bombs too. Cause he's like, I do this, I do this, do th- I do this. He's completely open. Yeah. And he's it, like, here's the strategy. Go. It, like we have a lot of people, you know, we have a lot of guests on this site that, you know, sometimes they, they get a little cagey when we're asking a little hand wavy Yeah, about like revenue numbers or how exactly you're doing this or how you're doing that. Like Quentin does not care. He will tell you everything, which is like really cool. And we believe in that as well. So on to with that out of the way, and I'm sure someone will ask again in a few months, uh, Let's do some, we got some general questions about getting ready for Black Friday. Uh, We're going to talk about speed. Oh my gosh. We're going to talk about email and we're going to talk about some questions for premium brands. So our first one, here's an easy one. Cart page versus slide out or pop-up cart. So we got like, there's cart drawer, modal cart, mini cart, and cart page. Should we define what those are? Uh, Okay. So a cart page, I would hope, is self-explanatory. Self-evident. A slide-out cart is where, like, maybe, like, 25% of the screen slides out from the right. He's talking about a cart drawer. That's a cart yeah, drawer, where it slides Sorry. out. Okay. Yeah, that's that. And then a modal cart is, what, just a pop-up in the middle of the page? Yeah. That's the cart? And then a modal cart is... Well, then there's also mini cart, which a is a what mini Turbo cart does. Is, the, is where it's a little guy that comes out from the cart icon in the top. That's a like widget. a little square widget. Um, I can only... Th- you think about this from the actual store perspective. I am only able to think about it from my perspective. Which is implementing it? Which is implementing it and like changing it and supporting it and all that other stuff. And personally, I hate supporting all of those. <laughs> like it's so, the freaking modal cart and turbo, it's like so annoying in their whole, the whole turbo header. I can give you a whole podcast about the turbo header and the things <laughs> that are going on in there. Um, but I'm not going to do that. And so in my mind, I'm like, yeah, car page. Why would you not do a car page? It's a page, separate thing, very easy, static, love it. 
Well, no, and so don't don't change that, please. With a, you know, a theme like uh, Turbo, where it gives you, it's like, hey, here's three different options for what happens when you click Add to Cart. Uh, it's easy to test and see and compare it like week to week. Just not entirely scientific, but it'll give you a decent idea. And when we have done this, I have consistently found that Cart, if you're going for pure conversion rate, Cart Page will perform the best. And the re my theory on this is you know, it essentially acts as a landing page, especially if you don't have like a whole bunch of other stuff on the cart page. It makes it a, a cleaner experience. It's they click add to cart, they go to the cart page as opposed to like they click add to cart and then they have to choose go to cart. So there's also one step removed. And so my preference is cart pages. I like them for pure aesthetics. Cart drawer is is pretty great. Yeah, I agree. Because like, uh, let, let's just start off by saying like modal window right out. That's like out. That, that's yeah, we're not doing that face. anymore. That's annoying. Get that out of here. The mini cart's kind of clever because it doesn't. It, it's kind of a blend of everything. Well, because I think the the other aspect of this is that's like an offshoot that is in my mind very important. Is how do you tell the user? Yeah, I did. You made an action, and I did just add that thing to your cart. It needs to be so clear that you clicked something happened. And so like... And I think that's where people get screwed up. That I think that's the true problem. Because if you do a cart page, well, you kick them to the cart page. But some people don't want to kick them to the cart page, in which case it's like, well, if you have a page, but you're not kicking them to it, then it's like, well, do we make a message appear? How do we do that? Oh, and then the worst is when they do that is like you click add to cart and then like just the label on the button changes says added and then changes back. It's easy to miss. And then you end up clicking it multiple times. You go to the cart. Oh, now there's like five items. Yeah. And I think that's where the drawer is superior because at least the drawer pops out. It is visually obvious. The drawer is not taking them off the page, but it's a visually obvious thing that's popping them out. And then the mini cart, if you're running the mini cart, but you don't have the sticky header turned on, then they click oh. at the cart, but they're scrolled down on the page. The mini cart pops out, but it's popping out off screen. So they it's get no indication whatsoever that anything happened. Okay, so actually this is a good discussion. The importance of the cart, number one, is is it a, abundantly obvious? If I'm like drunk and have an eye closed and you know, no glasses on, is it abundantly obvious that an action has occurred when I click add to cart? Number yeah, one. That's more important than what kind of cart it is, I think. Yes. Like if you have solved for that, life gets much easier. Then the other thing I think is weird is like when a cart drawer, whatever these, when any of the carts that aren't the cart page, you open them and then they say go to cart as opposed to go to checkout. Just like, why are we adding that extra cart step in there? But easy thing to test. My preference is cart page, but whatever you choose, just make sure it's got that confirmation in there. <sighs> uh, Dylan Glenn asking us about carts. Thank you. And then our next question. Any specific things you're doing different for Black Friday this year? I don't think so. I so the the word on the street the the smart money. Boop. I heard this from several people, including a, a a consultant at Oracle. Which as soon as you just say consultant at Oracle, makes like whatever you're about to say seem true. I know someone that works at Oracle. Oh yeah, he's the, not a consultant though. He works there. Ah, he's like a senior. She is. I'm sorry. She is like a senior coding lady. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, so. The smart money is on starting earlier than you'd think because we may have uh, inventory and production delays. So, I mean, if you can't get the stuff in stock and shipped in time, you got a problem. And uh, with shipping already at its peak now, like 
all carriers are operating at Black Friday 2019 levels of package movement at the moment. Is that confirmed? That's like a thing that we know? You know, I guess it's not. <laughs> I really thought that was true, but I'm like... I'm sorry, I just blew up your spot. <laughs> no, let's go. Research it. Well, I th- all right, we could... I think we could agree that they are operating. Oh, I mean, people are not leaving their houses. I'm sure in-store yeah. sales are down, and because in-store sales are down, online sales and thus shipping are way up. The other thing I think is going to happen, um, well, so, like, if shipping is a bottleneck, all right, you got to start. That's another reason to start early. And then I think the, the final piece there is people are spending more money online. In general, they are home board shopping. They have finite gift budgets. You want to be there early for when it is time to do the gift shopping. So if you, I think, I still think it's weird for people to gift shop before Halloween. Some people do, will shop as early as mid-October, um, but not many. And so I think the answer is November 1st, you ru- do a dry run of your Black Friday S- Cyber Week sale for your VIP customers on week one of November. And then on week two, expand it to a broader audience. Week three, tease the whole thing to the general list. And then week four, all right, now you're running your sale again. So I really, I think you run your Black Friday sale three times in November, but you're doing it through email segmentation. I think you start earlier because uh, maybe you want to tell your gift buying ideas to my wife because she's been buying a lot of stuff for my as yet unborn nephew that is not going to be born until November. Okay. (laughs) So if we're buying stuff for a baby that doesn't exist yet in August, maybe people are buying stuff even in October. It's a little little anecdotal, but (laughs) we do white elephant and that's always fun for Christmas, and that's always fun. My wife and I have already picked out and purchased our white elephant contributions. They're in the basement. See? All right, so maybe. I think... And, I and think- our ho- Julie's like, oh, you know what? We're going to go ham on Halloween decorations this year. I had a $250 Amazon gift card. I gave it to her. Spent the whole thing on Halloween decorations. They're already here. She ordered them a week ago. They're here. And what have we been talking about for the last few weeks? We've bought a lot of dumb shit the last few weeks that we didn't need. Oh, yes. So it's like, I think people are sitting at home just buying shit. Yes. And at least they could justify like, oh, well, this is a Christmas present for Aunt Mabel. Ah, okay. So if you're doing retail therapy, gift giving is a convenient excuse. And if you're like me and your love language is gifts, again, mm. convenient excuse. So I think the answer is start or er- the, the short answer is the, the thing you're doing differently is you're going to start way earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I think everybody is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you've got like a lot of retail stores just aren't open on Thanksgiving. Like it's just not going to be the same. The money... The cash is going to shift online, and I think it's going to run earlier rather than later. We had two or three questions about page speed, including, this is the one I want to read. They said, uh, yeah, I want to hear about Gymshark. I watched a vlog from their CEO about how they're worth $2.45 billion, and I remember seeing some page score from them, and it was lowish. Oh, yes. The billion-dollar valuation darling gymshark which is a great brand they've been around a while they're one of the first plus customers and they they do outrageous levels of uh success i'm gonna run them through google page speed and we're gonna see what they get is the person asking this question fucking with me <laughs> are they personally messing with you i think they're fucking with me that why why do you think that what does gymshark do to be worth 2.4 billion dollars uh, they sell stuff online. 
I remember seeing a thing where they had published their financials and they had an astonishing amount of cash on hand. Oh, oh, I'm so excited about this page speed score. August 17th, 2020, there is a, uh, an article in Forbes, how Gymshark became a $1.3 billion brand and what we can learn. By having SoftBank and various private equity firms buy pump them full of cash and then say, see, they're worth $2 billion now. No, I remember seeing this online where they had shared their financials and they really, it was a very solvent business and they started early in e-commerce. I don't trust anything that's like A, buzzwords and then B, not public financials. Like their entire financial state is just based on how much money other SoftBank gave them. All right, they don't have a SoftBank (laughs) investment. (laughs) I think this, I really, I'm quite convinced that this one's legit. Anyway, so we can agree that it's a big, successful brand. Gymshark's PageSpeed score. A Shopify Plus darling. A beautiful website. What is it? Take a guess. Uh, let's go with... Uh, I, I think they're trying... They got a lot of widgets on there, so I'm going to go with like 18. Okay. Is that desktop or mobile? We're just going with the mobile store because that score, because that's always the worst one Google gives you. Six. Six? As in three plus three is what? That's their PageSpeed <laughs> score. Six. I think if they could get that up to at least 50, they'd be worth $100 billion. <laughs> that's, that's what I've been told. And that's the problem with PageSpeed score, is it's like, here is a, a quantifiable metric that it is essentially presented to you as, if you can get a perfect score, it solves all your problems. Suddenly, your conversion rate will go up, and your revenue will go up, and your search engine ranking position will go up. And I don't know if any of that's true, but I do know that a store with a page speed score of six has uh, a obscene amount of cash on hand and is extremely successful by all measures. I'm, and so, and this is coming up a lot again because Shopify added that tool. The, onto the, the performance page. tool is as part of the analytics dashboard, but it's, it's lighthouse. It's literally the page speed score. It's literally your lighthouse is, um, is the, the term for the open source version of page speed. And so, Google's like, hey, you know, you could build this into the store. And they do a little better job in that it like it does your your most traffic collection page, your most traffic product page, and your homepage, and then it, it averages the score, I believe. So it's a little more that's just relevant. Extra, that's just extra steps though. It's not like changing the score in any way. The scoring methodology. The methodology does not change. And so I I really and truly believe page speed is not a good way to measure the speed of a store i'm just i'm honestly done with it like i'm i'm done with store speed to begin with if it's like if you're why tell me why because it's sort of like if is it or less than like eight seconds a page i've stopped caring i don't care anymore it's like a medical test where it's like i don't know what i can't think of what i can't think of an equivalent medical test about that where it's just like well here's the number and if you're over this number we got to look at it but if you're under this number it's not worth worrying about like just stop work. Just stop caring about it at all. I assume cholesterol, your weight. Yeah, you're, well, to well, a point, you could be underweight. There's a very wide <laughs> range in there. But it's like your and your score can't be too fast. Yeah, because it's just these people are like, well, my page speed score is this, so can I get it? Can I shave an extra half second off? It's like I, I stop caring. Stop caring about this. There's other bigger problems in your in in your business than that, where you could get better money if you like put together better email sequences. That'll that'll get you 10 times as much money as lowering your page speed score by a second. So stop freaking worrying about it. It's like, get the beam out of your eye before you worried about the splinter in your page speed score. Right. The, and I think what, 
I think what makes way more sense if we're looking at page speed is the actual load time. And it makes it tough to compare because you could use different tools for this. I like Pingdom tools. Gymshark loads in 2.15 seconds on their homepage and their page size is 3.7 megs. Yeah, perfect. As they a metric, I think if your homepage is less than five megs, you're fine. I think if your your homepage loads in two and a half seconds or less, cold load, you're completely fine. And like that, that's a fast 2.15 seconds on a cold load on the homepage. You're not fine. You're very good. Too great. Yes. And yet this page get this site gets six on a page speed score. I mean, uh, we, I was working on a store for us this week. It hasn't launched yet. It had a fresh theme install on it. It was a brand new newborn baby of a, of a store. <laughs> no one had seen it. It's not public. It hasn't been poked with. There's nothing that has been changed on it. And it's page speed score was like 26. And, and Shopify was like, oh, this is lower than average for your scores. I've yet to see. It's, it's weird on this, on this uh, Shopify score. I've yet to see a score that's higher than average. It's like, it's all like Lake Wobegon where everyone's above average. Every store is below <laughs> average in page speed score. I don't know how that manages to happen. Was that a, um, what was the name of that NPR show? Something Prairie? Yeah, Prairie Home Companion. Prairie Home Companion. I've listened to dozens of episodes of that, and I'll tell you, I still don't get it. I kept listening to it, trying to figure it out, and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> I just was absolutely baffled by Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> and no. a landlord, and then my landlord heard me listening to it. She's like, you like Prairie Home Companion? She gave me like a dozen CDs. She's like, I got the full anthology. Oh, boy. I invested a lot of time in Prairie Home Companion just to figure out that I don't understand it, and I have to live with that. And then Garrison Keillor turned out to be a little touchy. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, so, page speed score is not a valid tool, a, according to me, subjectively. Just use the actual load time, and if you, the site's smaller than 5 megs or quicker than, you know, and loads in less than 3 seconds, you're probably fine. I think ultimately... You know, it's like sound quality on this podcast. A good, a fast site doesn't hurt. A slow site doesn't help. But I don't think it is like the be-all, end-all, wildly important thing that it's been made out to me. Just don't over-prioritize it. Yeah, I think this podcast has above-average sound quality. But I it, hope so. I spent so much on this crap. I know, but I think, you know, any percentage that we increase it anymore to be like, oh, no, it's got to be like an utterly perfect, you know pro level radio show it's like it's not worth the time you got better things to do yeah you get to do you very quickly get to diminishing returns and so like spending all this time on you know trying to mess with your page speed score when you really the content on the site the offer your ads your emails like there are so many other efforts that are worth worrying about uh it's just what's so insidious about it is it gives you a damn grade. Well, I'm just so mad. I am so mad. And not to beat a dead horse, but it's like, I'm so mad that Shopify is putting this on everyone's pages and in front of everyone's face. It's torturing like, them. We had enough, you're torturing merchants. We had enough people worrying about this before. And now you're shoving it in their faces as like an official Shopify tool from Shopify. And telling Shopify you is, your site's slow. They're actively telling you, you're like, your site's below average. It's worse than all the other stores. Like, what the fuck? Of course, all the store owners are going to freak out. And you're telling them according to a shit criteria. Like, this is not actively helping people in any way whatsoever. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, from our end, that's what's so frustrating about it. It's just day after day, people like genuinely worried about and it. It's like and a, I have to talk them off the ledge. It's like a joke, too. Like, I know it's a joke in the Facebook group. Like, everyone's always, everyone always tags me whenever this comes up. And I want to put in like this scanner's head exploding gif. <laughs> but it's like, it's still, 
every day, every week, new people come in and are like, hey, guys, I'm worried about this. And whenever people mention that they're worrying about it in the store, I'm always kind of like, wait a minute, are they fucking with us? Because, like, they know that everyone, we know, they know how much we hate this. So are they just doing this to get a rise? Or do they legitimately not know? Are they new people that no, don't it, know? No, it's because everyone is now discovering this. That the, everyone got to discover on the same day that their store is slow. Yeah. It's just, it's just a bad idea. Yeah. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit Clavio.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. Uh, all right, moving on to email. A, someone asks, uh, best practices on Clavio email flow going into Black Friday? <sighs> this, is, this is a good question. On your email flows, I really probably wouldn't change anything beyond on browse abandonment and abandon cart, I would increase the or i would decrease the the duration the delay between emails like i want all of that to fire a lot faster mm -hmm. so that you get it quick and that way you know that abandon cart flow kicks into gear and then of course you want to review to make sure that um you know your abandon cart browse abandonment welcome series don't have offers that are like contrary or competing to the actual black friday offers or maybe like you get in a situation where you dangerously stacked coupons into zero profitability so I just review that, but fundamentally, I don't think you're changing the flows for Black Friday. Uh, instead, I really think like all the magic is around your broadcast emails. It's around the you know, the the one, two, or three emails a day you're going to send between you know November and uh, Christmas. Well, and New Year's. I mean, we really go out there. Mm -hmm. So I think like that's where the effort is, not the email flows themselves. Other than speed them up a little bit. And the, I gotta, that reminds me, I gotta update uh, our holiday email guide. We sell that thing every year. Uh, and I've got like a, I put a content calendar in there. I get like examples of subject lines and I've added a little more to it every year. So it's, it's pretty good now. I'm, I'm proud of it. Um, but I gotta, I gotta update that with like recommendations specific to the horror show that is 2020 <laughs> um, and some of these other ideas. And I don't think I mentioned in there like, hey, you should shorten the duration on your flows. I gotta add that tip too. Yeah, it's a really, it's a one-stop easy guide if you're like, I don't know where to start. Uh, it's great because it has a calendar for you to fill, a calendar for you to work along with and like, you know, potential ideas to let you spin off onto your own. Yeah, it just makes it, yeah, yeah none of it is groundbreaking, um, but having everything in like, here's one convenient spot makes life easier. All right, I'm done selling that to you guys. Someone else had asked, just listening to your episode on Pushing Send, which is an email about email flows and it says and you said 18 to 20 emails in a welcome series oh my gosh maybe a rough breakdown of what sort of emails should go into those emails would be awesome i can't think of 
anything I could tell you about myself that would take 18 emails. <laughs> okay, so when I say 18 to 20 emails in a welcome series, that's misleading. I think really what you're doing is like five emails and then what's called a shadow newsletter where you go back through, let's say you've been operating two years, you've sent out a lot of newsletters or you've got a lot of blog posts. You essentially go back through your content library, be that social posts, blog posts, or past newsletters. Pick the best of, you know, like the 15 best of, if you could find that many. And then you schedule them to go out, you know, a, every week after that welcome series ends. It's called a shadow newsletter. So you've got it to the recipient. This looks like a fresh newsletter, but it really isn't. And the advantage there is now when someone gets on that welcome flow, you know, you've got your like initial welcome series and then you've got weeks of email of building a relationship of staying top of mind, like or months if you do uh, enough of them. And then at the end of that, you could do another like try again with like a discount offer that expires. But all right, so for the first half, it'd be like, hey, welcome to, you know, hey, thanks for joining our list. Uh, in my next email, I'm going to tell you how you got started, how we got started. I'm so glad you're here. And the next email, you do your story. Like, all right, this is how we got started. And if you're struggling with that, uh, a framework like Brand Story is really good. I'm going to put that in my, in the show notes. Brand Story is really good framework for that. And then, all right, day after that, uh, you could do social proof. Like, hey, I wanted to share you know, some, um, some of these, these stories or quotes or reviews from customers. And you just do pull quotes from reviews or emails you've gotten and put those in there. And that's your social proof email. The next one, hey, we're running a, um, or hey, here's some uh, common questions we get about this product. And that's essentially like your FAQ as a welcome email. All right, so now that's email four. Email five, hey, we're, uh, if you wanted to buy it, it's on sale. Here's a coupon code. Lasts for 48 hours. Go. Next day. <laughs> hey, just wanted to remind you, if you, haven't, <laughs> if you haven't bought something, right, here's, you've got this coupon code and it expires tonight. Oh, my gosh. Then, all right, if you want to get really aggressive, you could do another email right before, like, you know, two hours before it expires. And make sure this is a real, to make this work, it needs to be a dynamic one-time use email. And, like, Clavio will do that for you. Um, and, that way, like, it actually does expire. Like, you don't want false scarcity, false urgency here. And this is why we can't sell an actual store, because I, a store with actual stuff, because I would just be like, here's the thing, buy it or don't. <laughs> you know, that could work. <laughs> it's just a plain text email. Here's the thing, buy it or don't. Buy. Buy. Send. Send. Uh, and then, all right, and if at any point, if they buy, you automatically take them out of this welcome series. So... After that, hey, saw you didn't make the purchase. That's okay. Uh, do you mind if we put you on our newsletter? And if not, like, here's the link to unsubscribe. And you give them the unsubscribe link right in the email. And I promise you this email will probably have the lowest unsubscribe rate of anything you send. And if they don't unsubscribe, great. Then that's like the following week. That's when that shadow newsletter starts. And then hopefully that just it keeps you top of mind. Um, maybe in every email at the bottom, you do like, P.S., here's a link. You know, if you're ready to buy, here's a link. Um, and you always ask, like, hey, if you have any questions, hit reply. It's just an opportunity. Like, at that point, it turns into relationship building or just staying top of mind because you really don't know where they were in that, like, purchase journey. Yeah. That's what I meant, you know, when I said 18 to 20. Or, I mean, if you come up with that much content, go for it. But I really well, I mean, think if, if you're making a... If, you're, if you have, like, a crazy product... Um, that has like an intense, uh, 
manufacturing sequence, then maybe you could stretch that order 18 to 20. It's like, where do you source the materials? Like now we're in this stage of the manufacturing. Yeah. If there's something about it that is very technical or uh, like bespoke to your unique selling proposition, like here's how we do sustainable manufacturing. Um, you know, like there's a gentleman out there who uh, converts old milk into fabric and sells t-shirts out of it. Like that, all right, now we could do a longer welcome series on this. So like if there's other parts of your brand that you think are important that are part of that brand story, ah, okay, we could share those as individual welcome series emails. All right, we've got two left and then we're wrapping it up. Uh, let's see what we got here. Someone asked for, what's your favorite type of incentive for higher end brands that don't normally do a lot of discounts? So I hear this a lot. Like, let's say you're a premium brand. If you're Rolex, you're not like 10% off sale, right? <laughs> like that's Bentley, oh, get $50 off. It's not going to work. It's weird for a premium brand. It erodes brand value. It chunks in your profit margin. So what do you do? How do you get away from that? I don't think $50 off of Bentley is a very good deal. <laughs> no, Bentley's coupons are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We know where to put in my coupon code on the Bentley website. Maybe you just like key it into the side of the car. <laughs> All right. Uh, I and then had, when they're done beating you. I just had something that popped into my head on this. Tell me if I'm right or I'm wrong. You do like a membership club. For what? For your product. You're fancy, so you can't just have like 20% off. But you have like the Insiders Club, and they get like early access to like new releases. And, and they get like, like a permanent 5% off? Yeah, or something like that. I like that. Yeah. That's good. That's very clever. Yeah. Okay. It's like, you have an exclusive brand. What if you made it even more exclusive? Right. That's really good. That <laughs> one's like good. People desperately want to get into Studio 54, but then there's like the super cool areas of Studio 54 where you had to be even cooler to get in. Oh, man. I'm never getting in there. To do the cocaine with Mick Jagger. Whoa. <laughs> I think, so I was going to go with free gift with purchase. Uh, psh. I know, you blew me out of the water. <laughs> Uh, no, free gift with purchase. Yeah, like, you know, you get like a Ferrari keychain with your Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> no, well, I'm, like when I think of free gift with purchase, no one does it better than Hoonigan. They always do exclusives. Like they won uh, last year around Black Friday. They're like, it's Cyber Week. And they're like, play every order today gets a free um, uh, lapel pin. And it was like one of the brand cars. And it ch they didn't tell you which car was going to be which day, and it changed every day. So you just had to always watch and check it. So the open rates went up. And then if you wanted that pin, that just became an easy excuse to place an order. That's the magic of free gift with purchase. But it's got to be, to really make free gift with purchase work, it needs to be an exclusive that you can't get otherwise. Mm. And even like, it, you know, the lapel pins, like, yeah, they had to make those, but that wasn't expensive. The, cr the way this started, whenever one of their sponsored athletes wins a race... That Sunday and Monday, you uh, get a, f a gold sticker. That j it's just a gold Hoonigan sticker, like the kind I cut on my own vinyl plotter uh, with purchase. And that's the only way you can ever get the gold sticker. It kills it every time. So I like that the free gift with purchase, so long as it's an exclusive product. And you got to add it, auto add it to cart. So then it's like it's a theme customization to do it. And then to discount it, you ideally use Shopify scripts. And Which is only with Shopify Plus. That's right. Tell us, uh, give us a thorough breakdown of Shopify Plus, Kurt. Wait, one more incentive. Ask someone in the group. One more incentive. <laughs> you could also do like free upgraded shipping. 
Uh, yeah, but that's I, I would almost be like, oh, I guess free upgraded shipping because you're a premium brand. You're not charging for shipping in the first place. Probably not. No. Or it's like a really low threshold. And then, all right, so for you're doing that, then it's like, okay, they get overnight or two day. You FedEx two day. Yeah. And then that's just a coupon code or uh, Shopify shipping script. Sounds like something that's available to everyone in the Insiders Club. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, there's another one. Oh, your Insiders Club idea is so good. The So, yeah, the answer is just listen to Paul and sell a membership. That's very clever. <laughs> All right, so our final question today, someone had asked for, um, I believe it was Heather, Heather Warren Burton was the one who asked this. I don't know. I don't have it open. She had said, uh, I'd like to hear a thorough breakdown of Shopify Plus. A detailed discussion of the features that are unique to Plus would be very helpful. Also, how do you get the best pricing? Since I understand that merchants get different entry pricing into Plus. All right, so that last part's not true. Okay. Early on, uh, like when, when Plus was first starting, I there was probably some negotiation on price. Now, it is just it is always a fixed $2,000. That's it. That's so it. It's $2,000 a month all in and that lowers your Shopify payments transaction fee. So I, be- I did when I did the math on it, I believe it was like, if you did 800,000 a month, that was around where break even was going to happen based on the processing savings. But I could also be wildly wrong on that. Yeah. That's what, one of the things I was going to ask you was like, well, what are the two payment processing differences? And can we figure out when the break even monthly revenue is? I believe it's, you end up saving money. It's 800 K a month. Okay. That's, that's a bit pricey. <laughs> The so the the things you get with it, uh, priority support. So you've got like your there are you have separate email, phone, live chat for your Shopify Plus store when you request support. So the idea is you get faster support. Uh, you have a merchant success manager that uh, you could shoot them an email and get expert advice. That um, it's like the kind of stuff that I get. Like, hey, what's the best app for X? Hey, how do you do this? Who's good at this? Uh, and they will make uh, recommendations, referrals. They can audit your store and give you some advice. Uh, so the merchant success manager can be uh, kind of a cool add-on, and the you get to modify your checkout. Oh yeah, I there's, always forget that one. Yeah, there's checkout.liquid, which is where you know that's checkout template. It's after the cart. There's the checkout template, and you can edit the checkout template if you're on Shopify Plus. Yes. Uh, and so the things for me are, and then you also get access to Shopify scripts. Which oh, we've that's my about favorite. In your store, which allows you to do various types of discounting, various types of things, adding free gift of purchase to the cart and all that other sort of stuff. So while $800,000 might be the break even purely in terms of transaction fees, I think, and I think that cart modif- that checkout modification and Shopify script support can earn you $2,000 a month pretty easily. Yes, I absolutely. Think, I think like if you're doing fifty grand a month, you could definitely find an extra two grand in that fifty grand with, oh, with scripts and, and checkout editing. So when we talk about Shopify scripts, it's a uh, it's a system that lets you do uh, advanced discounting without coupon codes. It lets you uh, hide and remove or rename payment gateways based on uh, conditions in the cart or the customer or their address. Uh, so like, let's say you sell CBD and you've got, and you, you offer PayPal, but PayPal will not let you do CBD. Ah, if the person has a CBD item in their cart, your Shopify payment script can automatically hide the gateways that don't allow CBD processing. And then when they get to shipping, the uh, ship, Shopify shipping script can see that, oh, there's an item tag CBD in the cart and it will automatically prevent, it will remove all the shipping addresses, all the, the shipping options if 
uh, they've selected an address that doesn't work that, for yeah, CBD. That's illegal to ship to CBD. There's several states where you can't ship CBD. Yeah, and I mean we have a we've done a thing a lot where you know there's a what's the prop in California 37 prop 65 prop 65 in California, which is this thing that warns you that products have been linked to causing cancer or birth defects. The problem with that is literally everything in the world has been connected, including. To- Every Starbucks in California and Disneyland. And Disneyland have also been connected to cancer. (laughs) When you walk around Disneyland, there's signs. And so the problem, of course, is that everyone is constantly being warned about it. So then nobody is being warned about it because they're like, well, I see that 50 times a day. What are you going to do? They had the best intentions. But if you sell things in California, you have to, if you sell certain items in California, you have to give this prop prop warning. Uh, And it's, there's rules and when you have to tell people and there's online rules. And so we've done a thing a couple times where if they select a shipping address in California, we then pop up all the Prop 65 warnings. So we are legally okay. Yes. Yeah. And well, and that's, and you wouldn't be able to do that unless you had access to check out. Unless you had liquid. access to check out. Yeah. With plus. So yeah, that is a cool trick. Um, the, but yeah, my favorite by far is Shopify scripts and just for doing advanced discounting, like, Hey, buy, uh, buy three bottles of X, get one bottle free. And it's just no coupon code. That's the magic. A coupon code is an extra form field. It's an extra step. It's breakage. It's, and then it's, it's people assuming that they're going to get that, and they don't fill out the form field, and then, and gotta, then they get charged, and then they're like, well, what the hell? How so it's extra customer me? support. Yeah. So we know in conversion rate optimization, fewer form fields is will uh, lead to better conversion rates. Getting rid of the coupon code does this. And what's cool, it figures out the discount and shows it on the cart page before they even hit the checkout. So you could do quantity breaks with it. Uh, you could do wholesale. You could do buy one, get one. Um, and it doesn't have the limitations that automatic discounts get. So especially like going to Black Friday, I'm all in on, on Shopify scripts. Yeah, I think, I think Shopify scripts could make you... The stuff you could do with Shopify scripts... Makes you the, the cash. Over the next 90 days, will pay for Shopify Plus for all of next year. There's also doubt. shipping sc- or, um, there's an automation feature that's really cool for Black Friday. So like let's say on Black Friday, you know, you've got when your sale starts, you got to mark the items down and you got to uh, maybe you have to publish some items and you have to switch themes to the one that's got like this is like Black Friday sale starts now. And somebody's got to get up at midnight and swap it out unless you've got Launchpad, <laughs> Shopify Plus exclusive app that you could schedule the sale and it'll swap the theme back and forth. It'll publish and unpublish products. It could discount products. It's really cool. Um, and when it's running, it like gives you, like you could see how the sale is performing in Launchpad. I like that one a lot. And then of course there's also um, Shopify Flow, which lets you do a lot of uh, bespoke weird automation. Like when an, you can set it up so like an item goes out of stock and it just unpublishes the product. Mm. Oh, it's back in stock, republishes. It could do some neat stuff like that. But you could put an email address thing on there so that the people that want it can fill it out. That was just an example. <laughs> and then you get their emails. I like fiddly automation and stupid yeah, I know. marketing automation tricks. Yeah, I was in your car. I know how much you love fiddly automation. <laughs> That's basically, that essentially <laughs> describes a Tesla. Fiddly automation. Hope it doesn't crash. Like literally the software, not the car. <laughs> Both. First the software, then the car. Oh, and if you crash that thing, you're not getting repaired. It's not happening. That's just totaled. You're done. Oh, well. Uh, so, anything else, Mr. Rita? Uh, I'm good. Let's try to set up the VR headset for your jerk child. <laughs> My 11-year-old has been hounding me to set a, hook his VR headset up to their computer. 
their computer is a hand-me-down for Paul here. <laughs> and I told him the problem we're having, and he's like, oh, all right, well, here's why you're an idiot. You idiot! And, well, let's go fix that for him. So my 11-year-old is, like, hovering salivating, outside the door. hovering, desperate to get us to go make this work for him. And I don't got anything going on, so yeah, let's go. I'm not doing anything. Let's go check that out. See you guys. Bye-bye. One last thing. If you're new to e-commerce, you're probably thinking what we all were in the early days. Where the heck do I start? Product photography? Discount codes? A logo? Thankfully, there's a simple answer. Start with your theme. Your Shopify theme is your online storefront. Picking the right theme influences the way your store looks, how it works, how easy it is for visitors to see your brand's value. And that's what makes or breaks your conversion rate. With nearly a decade of experience building beautiful, performant themes, my friends at Out of the Sandbox are experts in knowing what it takes to make your store a success. From the unmatched speed of Turbo to the endless customization possibilities of Flex, their themes are designed to look great and, more importantly, help you sell more. Whether you want to upgrade your existing theme or launch a brand new online store, Out of the Sandbox has a theme for you. Visit outofthesandbox.com and use promo code KURTS20 for 20% off their best-selling themes, Flex and Turbo. Go to outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial, promo code KURT20 for 20% off Flex and Turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. So please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. Thanks for listening. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.